The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it? It's, it's Dr. Doom. What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this rumor that you are really hired, Mr. Stark? Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Combo Chronicles. <laughs> I am your host for tonight, Roddy Cat, and you can find me at Roddy Cat on Twitter at that address. You can also find me at News Knows Need and uh, CB Caps on Instagram. Jeez Louise. Okay. Um, and that uh, sound was provided to you by our man in Brooklyn, the man behind the soundboard, the man with video audio cues for himself, um, Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. Sup, everybody? We're Brooklyn at! We're Brooklyn at! We're Brooklyn at! Just built in, I tell you, that's, that's yeah. Alright, anyway. We are here tonight to bring you some the world of comics in our own inimitable fashion. But first, to get to the rest of the introductions of folks who are not here, as you can see, because it's just a, just just the two of us, yeah. Um PC underscore dirt on Twitter and uh Pop Culture Net on Twitter, popculturenetwork.com and all of the umbrella sites they're in. <laughs> And, of course, the Osiris of this ish, Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8, who's hard at work uh, on, on a project for that should come out pretty soon uh, for CBR, where he's over there writing his face off. But you can also find him on Twitter at TimDog98. That's Tim D-O-G-G-9-8. Also, CB Cron on Twitter. Uh, the Click Nation on Twitter. That's D-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N and TheClickNation.com. I have to switch up the order sometimes. <laughs> you can find this here podcast on the CSPN network. That's the Cold Slither Podcast Network, CSPN.us. Do it today. Also, Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, which, man, it's going to be weird not to have to say that first part. Um, the Cold Slither Sound, for the Cold Slither Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. That's a lot to say at one time. And, of course, Spotify. Alright, we're going to get into the topics of the week. Starting off with the... the well, I guess arguably the, the big boy of the week. Or girl, or thing, or person, them, all that. You know, you want to not gender a book, whatever. House of X, number five. Yes, yeah, so this is uh, the latest chapter of Hickman's reboot uh, of the X-Men corner of the Marvel Universe, and there is a lot to unpack in this book. It's too early to call it a magnum opus. And I feel like like we probably would have said something like that um, during his Avengers run, which is not dissimilar from this, but not necessarily the same. Agreed. So... And I and I bring that up for for a specific reason. Like you can draw some comparisons to it. And in fact, we may have already done that in the first issue of of his run with uh, Avengers and this, and where he just kind of pulls some things 
he just kind of weaves some things together, not trying to you know you know uh, you know blow smoke up on him, but but this is a pretty good writing, some some pretty good work done. Um, and this is specifically, but with with the stuff leading up to it, also, he has uh, effectively found some use for some would say some less than effectual uh, effectual um, mutants. That's one way to put it. Uh, he has also answered the question that I had about, um, which we'll go ahead and jump right into it, about the mission that was uh, that was undertaken undertaken. Last, wait, was it Positive X or was it? Uh, no, previous issues of it Positive Previous issues. Okay, yes, that's what it's about. So basically, uh, explained what happened. Or was it basically what happened to the team that was sent? Because it was because it basically went one way, and we thought, well, that was it. And we also knew that in the future, one of those mutants was still around that we saw. And we and I specifically wondered, like, how in the world does one get from here to there? This issue answers that pretty handily. Right. Well, eventually, what what we find in this issue is that. What we thought happened did actually happen. Correct. It wasn't a fake out. We're actually dealing with uh, distinct ramifications from what happens to that away team that went towards uh, Soul's ha- the Soul's Hammer base uh, to deal with the Mother Mold in uh, previous issues of House of X. And now we find out that our theories were kind of on point and uh, what people had said about uh, possible pod people well especially uh, coming out of last uh, last um powers of powers of 10 right that which laid the groundwork for that right and 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 that theory uh proved to be somewhat prophetic uh because we find out in this issue that what we that that, that what becomes of those characters uh is not exactly what we thought, but it's definitely a version of it. And what uh, Hickman does is make use of, as Roddy Cat was referring to, a group of uh, X-Men characters that maybe had fallen, well, well probably didn't uh, deserve too much of a spotlight. They may have had a bit of a spotlight here and there in various issues, but didn't require too much uh, screen time uh, for for lack of uh, uh, a comic term or page, you know, page count. Maybe. Yeah. Basically, but, uh, as as we were talking before the show, these mutants by themselves would be considered less, like, like I was saying, less than effective. Right. In, Other than in many one. terms. Right. Other than one well, or two. Or one or two, yes. Yeah, one or two are probably uh, uh, the one the, the ones who have the um, the more fantastical powers. Not that any of them don't have, you know, <laughs> realistic powers, but, you know, the ones that can really... Uh, Some would uh, argue useful. And, yeah. And, or in, at least very one, in one case, uh, reality-breaking. Right. And, you know, their, their combined forces don't exactly create Captain Planet, but they definitely have uh, what amounts to life-giving properties, which is, which is amazing. 
and yep. it's a pretty inter- it's a it's in a it's a pretty inventive way for Hickman to make use of these characters. Yes, and as I, I'm fairly certain I've said during his uh, Avengers run, I would like to know I would like some of whatever he is smoking. <laughs> that was some pretty good, you know. Like, and the thing about it is, like, like is just like he did in just you know the piece was kind of laid out there on the page you just didn't know what he was going to do with them until he lays them out and a lot of times that's usually way down the line and we're still kind of there's still some of that at that point and this one of those cases was like well (laughs) one issue here lay some of it down and next issue there's the use right so what i want to discuss is going to require a ringing of the spoiler bell so Spoiler bell incoming in three, two, one. All right. So what what we were referring to earlier with the uh, the uh, the pod people theory of how a lot of these characters um, that we've seen through uh, littered throughout uh, Powers of Ten and House of X, how how um, Krakoa and or um, some other means might uh, come along to create um, the X version of pod people. Um, you know, what, what, what transpires in this issue, even though I did ring the spoiler bell um, is a version of that. But what it, what, what, what's funny is that um, it recreates not just um, tissue, you know, bone and tissue, um, and 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 uh, there there is a, a funny way for um, the X Men to recreate uh, brain patterns and memories, but also technology and um, hard metal. <laughs> In other words, they actually, I you know, although we haven't seen it explained away just yet, you know, are they recreating an entire adamantium skeleton from whole cloth? Um, is this uh, the work of Proteus, perhaps? And right. that's my working theory. And my working theory is that they just went back to uh, there's enough somehow, some way, there's enough animanium particles in his DNA to where it just regrew with his skeleton, and due to his uh, his uh, mutant powers of healing, some kind of way. Because they did kind of explain that away, like way back in the day, where the animanium grew back. Which seems seemingly impossible to do for anyone but him. So. Like you know, I, I you know I can't I can't discount any theories at this point until Hickman actually addresses it, whether or not he addresses it yeah, at all. Say, assuming that happened, right. yeah. whether or not it's even something that he's going to deem uh, worth his time. So uh, that being said, um, see if there's anything else I wanted to mention about this. Well, so I wanted, uh, to, I wanted to go back to, before you go any further to sure. um, to basically uh, go back on a point that you actually mentioned. So we get a bit of a not necessarily a retcon, but an additional purpose to a long-running piece of tech uh, that the X-Men used. Seemingly a dual-purpose uh, redoing of uh cerebro right so because we all know cerebro was the one that you know helps the xavier or whoever is using it find mutants but apparently there has been um a, a another function 
that has been used on it that I don't think has been been used or touted or even mentioned before. I'm fairly certain this is probably something new. Somebody I'm sure will um will will correct me on that. No, this is new. And at least as far as I know, um I don't think this was brought up in like the main X book proper X books proper. Right. It could have been in one of the tangential X books, but I think this is just a logical step for Hickman to to go in. Mm-hmm. You know, take when it comes to what the X Men have on hand. I mean, it did definitely make sense. It was like because I, I was like, yeah, because when I read that part, it was like, you know what? Sure, that makes sense for Cerebro to do more than just the function that we know it used to, to, to you know, to that it dealt with. Right. So. What? What? But well, I guess considering that uh, computing. That's uh that that was uh, Alexa. Um, there's no computing. Um, there's less computing limitations now than there were when Cerebro was was first created. So, mm-hmm. you know, obviously they've incorporated Shi'ar tech and and all sorts of tech into their systems. So, you know, they can they don't have to worry about uh, storage space for all of these memories and personalities. No, they've pretty much yeah. Well, yeah, there's that because they've they've got a system where so they're basically it's like um they're they're when I was the 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 the, the computer science geek in, in me was like they basically put it in Amazon cloud or so, so, so they basically is so it's a system of data data um uh data centers where they have all of this data which makes sense because that the human DNA is a, is is a Quite large. Oh, not so. even just. I was about to say that's not even the 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 the, the bulk of it for a lot of these uh, mutants who they're trying to. Uh, uh, again, spoiler bell in effect still for 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 a lot of these mutants who have accumulated X number of uh, memories. Right. So you know, and creating you know personality traits and characteristics. So that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of data to have stored. Yeah. But you know, without going and to do constant backups of right, and, and without going too far into the weeds on that, we'll see how you know if, if that's ever addressed. Um, there are a, a number of um, developments in this issue um, in the present day that may have uh, ramifications in the powers of ten story. You know, you know, depending on how, you know, we'll see how that all plays out. But we have um, one, we have uh, a, a general attitude on the island. Uh, it's nice to see Storm embrace a form of leadership she used with the Morlocks. That's what I was reminded of. Uh, uh, actually, I don't know if she used that with uh, the Wakandans as well. But um, mm, yeah, a little bit. But uh, uh, we also see that. Um, uh, uh, Krakoa is sort of a new. Well, I guess it's a it, it's a it's a new place for all mutants, and that includes the traditional ex bad guys. And right. it's interesting to see the ex bad guys being not welcomed into the fold, but given sanctuary. And, you know, this is something that may be leading to further developments outside of powers of 10, but going into the immediate future of the X-Books. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and 
not to harp, harp on this, like we don't know what this means to the to the uh, large universe at you know at hand, but at this point it kind of doesn't matter. Although there may be, there may have been a reference in another book from this weekend, or that could be just be reading into it um, outside of the X books. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, and even one of those said mutants has a, has already had a familiarity with Krakoa. <laughs> Judging by his announcement, I mean by, by his uh, coming in there, right? His reaction to, to to setting foot on the island. So yeah, right. And you, it was kind of funny because it's like, well, I know this is now a Disney property, and all you needed now was to cue some uh, Snow White music or something around them, and <laughs> it's it's really it, it it it's honestly, you know, for fans of the X Men, it's refreshing to see Marvel really kick this into gear. Um, you know, really, really uh, uh, shine the spotlight like this in this way on the X-Men. So, you know, it, it, it's interesting that this would happen post uh, Fox uh, Fox deal. Yeah. But, you know, I, you know, whether or not that was with any kind of, you know, whether it had to do with anything or not, you know, it, I suspect there was going to be this is going to be a thing one way or the other. Yeah, it's an, it's serendipity at its finest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know if you had anything else on that. No, no, I'm good. I don't think Tim had anything to mention uh, besides what we all know to be the case um, <laughs> for this week. So I, I think we can move on. Okay. Uh, well, then if you feel like it, go ahead, pick. Ooh. The other, the other book that I read right off the top, that was right at the top of my list of books to read, was Valkyrie Jane Foster, number oh, nice. three. Yes. So um, this was a hoot to read. I have to mention before we start uh, that this book was overshipped to stores, which is a sign that uh, orders may not have been uh, very high. And I think Marvel was trying to push this book onto retailers and make sure that um, the the numbers for this book are up and possibly push this book into more readers' hands. Mm. Um, Shout out to Devon Gloom, who who, um, who um, is saying he's going to put it on his uh, list. So oh, knowing, it knowing is. That, um, knowing that um, um, Al Ewing is a part of, part of the writing of it. It is well worth putting this on your pull list. Absolutely. Because I enjoyed the heck out of this issue. Um, uh, I thought that uh, Jason Aaron and Al Ewing's writing gives, um, you know, they, they, what they do is that they write Jane Foster's inner thoughts in her own voice. And they give the Valkyrie persona and as guardian warrior slash Valkyrie voice, which uh, which has hints of the old way of writing as guardian dialogue without the Shakespearean V and thou. And I like that. I like that the, the, um, you know, it kind of harkens back to some of the, uh, the old fashioned way of writing Thor stories and, and it makes things feel epic. Um, and this, uh, you know, and, and I know Roddy cat's going to follow up on this. This is basically a trip to, um, various uh versions of the afterlife in uh the marvel universe and uh think your notes take it from there uh yeah i think i don't let me see what actually did i have on there so yeah the basically 
<laughs> I was going to say the this was uh, Valkyrie and Heim- Heimdall's uh, bizarre ride to the far side. Shout out to that that group, but I guess technically it is because they did make a couple of stops of lesser traveled um, places in the universe, or in this case, the multiverse. I guess you could say. Um, I and going headlong into what seems to be uh, without going through you know all the places that it went but they did definitely uh, hit upon um, touch upon the thing from the last few months which makes sense since Al Ewing's Al Ewing's on part and that would be uh, Avengers No No uh, No Road Home so right. they kind of touched up on something that happened at the end of that uh, before I don't know. Do we want to call this Heimdall's homecoming? Because while we just saw him, he just kind of disappeared. He just kind of disappeared. Right. We're not. We're still not a hundred percent sure. We're assume. We're led to assume that this is the last we see of Heimdall. And right. We're not spoiling anything. This happened two issues ago. Um, right. If you're a little bit behind, please catch up. Valkyrie needs your support. Right. So yeah, if you if you don't know what happened, well, I assume if you've read War of the Realms, you kind of know some of it except for what happened to him because what happened to him happens in this book right um which leads to this journey into the the multiverse and his seemingly stop here uh but to uh but to keep going with that uh he you know valkyrie loses loses i guess a friend and gains a talking horse right um which I said in my notes, I'm like, wow, this is going to be doubly, doubly bad if something should happen to this thing now. Because this is that self-same horse that attacked her in the first issue, mm-hmm. um, which got addressed, or at least got brought up. When, yeah, it definitely comes up. Which is kind of funny. Um, I can't say that this 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 uh, this animal is on the level of Thori just yet, but we we will see going forward. <laughs> exactly. I'll be interested to see uh, if they are able to develop this particular horse. It's not Aragorn, the no, you know, it's not certainly. the traditional right. It's not the traditional Valkyrie steed. And uh, if I go back to um, uh, the Simonson run on Thor, I think the Valkyrie rode a black horse actually. Um, but um, but in any event, um, it's the, uh, the the story takes us to several locations and the art changes with each location mm. so we don't just get cafu's art which is awesome and i did say it was some, yeah. actually some good i don't know if you agree with it but some good old school looking um art in spies old school yeah especially like when the art changes from the from the uh dark first changes there is okay. kind of an old school feel to it to me maybe not to you i don't know who I'm scrolling through it now just to see. Uh, I'm not saying it's like a like there was. It felt like there was some inspiration, some old school inspiration in the art to me. But like I said, that's to me. Right. I don't know what you mean. Like maybe in the layouts or the style. Just the style. Oh, okay. Uh, I I sort. I guess I see it. Um, I'm just I'm 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 just scrolling through it now. I'm looking at it and seeing if I see what you see. Um, but uh, it, you know, it, just to get back to uh, the the art, the changes in the art. Uh, you know, we have uh, a, a, a group of uh, 
artists on this, uh, Ramon, uh, including Cafu, uh, Ramon Perez, Sion, or Sean, C-I-A-N, uh, Torme with Roberto Poggi, Poggi, and Fraser Irving. And it's, you know, the, the, the totality of it, um, you know, all of it taken together is, is really nice because it's nice to see these different uh, locations depicted in very different art forms. And none of the art changes were jarring, which is always nice. You know, you, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't safely say that it was like seamless and you couldn't tell that you know that there wasn't a distinct art change or not i mean a couple of cases you probably couldn't i could oh yeah know. oh yeah i was but, about to say you could you know once you get to fraser irving's work that's when it gets a little different right so, but the changes were gradual enough to be like okay well you know there was a couple of art changes there and it's like nothing just you know glaringly bad definitely right. for sure or glaringly different right and it makes sense yes you know it makes sense story-wise so um you know, we get uh, some follow-up to uh, the story once um, the story of Heimdall is not wrapped, but at least taken care of in this arc. And uh, we have uh, a nice little cliffhanger for the next issue. Oh, yes. as the, the yeah, So somebody shows up at the end of this issue who apparently was behind um, Bullseye first attack in the first issue and uh, as this person definitely says like yeah you, they would never see him coming I surely didn't but let's just no, say it was a surprise. yeah but let's just say it is you know given the nature of Valkyrie and given this person's persona and familiarity with uh, the, the lack of life <laughs> And the and the 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 uh, the agenda uh, the Avengers, kind of makes sense in a way. So, but definitely unexpected. So we might get some more um, on uh, Brunhild and um, Brunhilde's um, former uh, mortal host in the next issue because that's what's teased on the cover for next issue. Which makes sense at some point. You know, one or both was going to show up. They'd have to come back again. To yeah. yeah. So yeah, I I, I, I can't say I, I would I would be like, well, it seemed like it was too soon. Like, nah, you know, we don't know how it's going to get played out. So we just sure. it doesn't really matter when they come. But you know, it was going to happen one way or the other. Uh, so yeah, that was uh, Jane Foster number. I keep seeing it the other way around because I've, I've I've looked at like two three different sites and it's like it's written the other way around as Jane Foster Valkyrie, which I kind of like it that way better. I don't know why it's just an aesthetic choice. Uh, so the next up you want to hit maybe Miss Marvel, sure. Uh, Magnificent Miss Marvel number seven. This is a new arc. Um, and this sometimes tends to happen in a uh, new arc. You got to go back to the basics. You know, you get to um, you uh, get to a day in the life of Kamala. Except for nowadays, her day in the life uh, has a little more challenge to it on the family front, in that she is you know still kind of processing dealing with uh, the illness of her her, her dad. You know, but she's you know. 
being there for the family as as she tends to do you know then it, it then goes off into her school which you know for her <laughs> and you know she's doing double duty as a superhero plus doing schoolwork something which sometimes you know falter as a team sure we get to see that you know but her friends come along as then also tends to happen as a support group and um they start on a merry adventure which i don't know i wasn't like i said you usually don't know where Miss Marvel ends up going when something like this happens, so you know there's going to be something. And I, for some, from some part of me, should have thought that okay, the people that end up coming into play near the end of the book was going to come back at some point. So I shouldn't have been surprised that it was them, but you know, it, it was right. it was on that one on that point. What I would say is that. Uh you know the, the 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 story is about Kamala and friends going on a road trip to kind of get away from things mm-hmm. and what they encounter are some of Kamala's burgeoning villains gallery you don't think you would see these characters but there's going to be a reason why i presume uh presented in the next issue right there's definitely probably going to be more than and as what seems like it's presented in here, it's going to be more to it than them just showing up. Right. So it's interesting to see uh, Saladin Ahmed uh, continue to develop these characters uh, um, as uh, as part of um, Kamala's rogues gallery, you know, her, her, her crew of villains. So, right. you know, nice to see uh, these characters continue to be developed. They're all her age, basically. So... Uh, you know, we're not talking about anybody who is uh, not related to her in a sense. Right. So, you know, a lot of these villains are still coming out of her um, relationships. So, um, you know, that's what that's the uh, th- that's the uh, the ground that they are still um, they're farming that, that, that ground for uh, her rogues at this point. Right. And at least one of them has shown up like a couple of issues or was it a couple of issues back or was it in maybe the last volume? No, one of them showed up fairly recently. Oh, the male. Yes. The male did not the female. The female, right. I don't think has been around. No, she definitely hasn't yeah, been. Yeah, but there was the male I was talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and I can't remember where, but it was something recent. I know at this point it doesn't really matter. It's probably a- right. He's named after a, a program we may have been using to communicate with you guys. We would have been using, yeah. And some of you gamers use it for communication. So you already know what it is. <laughs> Just by me saying that, um, which I, I don't know if that even exists in this world. But if but if it does, that would be kind of funny. Uh, so yeah, so that's my, 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 probably my, by a different name. Yeah, a little slightly. Speaking of different names, there is a um, oh. So this is yeah. The two things I wanted to uh, bring up. You know, Miss Marvel's book always, you know, since um, since its inception, have always had these nice little um, you know uh, background things. This is probably one of the few cases where one of those background things have been called to attention, and that. Um, I'm talking about the the road sign they pass with a certain uh, uh, show. If you know what I'm talking about, 
I'm scrolling now. I got to get to it. I don't remember it exactly. Basically, based off of another uh, quartet of uh, crime fighting. Oh, yes. Yes. I see it. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, so That's I thought cool. I thought that was I was like at first I was like, come on, you could y'all, y'all could have done better than that. But at the same time, I was like, no, nah, it still works. <laughs> it's just fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah fun yeah. little Easter egg. Right, and the, and the, and when they talk about it, it's like you know, it's like yeah, it's the, they 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 talk about the gritty reboot. So I was like, yeah, sure, you, we're letting that go. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So yeah, that was. Um, oh, and I think the other thing I was going to say and to end my thought on it was I think this was the book. I'm fairly certain this was the book that I alluded to when we were talking about House of X because there was a part. And this could be just me. Um, this could be just me thinking about it this way. When Kalamala was still in school and her teacher was talking, who he brings up mutants. And like, granted, they could the statement could just be a general like, yeah, mutants are taking a stand for you know for what for their rights, blah blah blah. But it also could be an allusion to what's going on in the current X books, especially with. What, what some of the information that was brought up in House Five, which uh, House of X Five, which we did not talk about, when you know them getting their um, their um, statehood, basically. Sure. So, but again, that's like, that could be me reading into it more than it's actually being the case. Uh, next up, I want to throw something out? Black Panther and the Agents of Wakanda. Sure, the book that we're probably most likely lasts longer than Black Panther and the crew. I'm still kind of salty about that, but you know what? It is what it is. All right. So, (laughs) all right. So this is a, a motley crew of Marvel characters uh, being utilized as agents of Wakanda. That's pretty much what I've said. Also, yeah. Uh, talk about a you know talk about pulling from various corners of the Marvel universe, man. Mm. Um, you know, and it's not just the ones that have been solicited, and not just the ones on the cover. Right. <laughs> yeah, there, there's there's a very characters. There's a at least one two deep cuts uh, that get referenced that get brought up in the in the course of this book. Definitely. One of them have shown up before in Avengers. We, that is, which is the, 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 the actually both of them been were talked about. Now that I think about it, in Avengers, right? I mean, we've seen you know at least the ones that that uh, lead lead off the issue. We've right. seen them in Avengers books before as agents of Wakanda. Right. What we did not know was that um, several characters that really have not been seen in the Marvel universe for a while would become uh, parts of this book uh, with uh, varying effects. One being um, some comedic relief. Uh, shout out to Fat Cobra. From, um, I thought that was, I thought he was a, a, a fine addition to this group. Um, it was an interesting one for sure. You know, it, 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 uh, there's, a, there's a little cameo appearance for, from, of all people, American Eagle. Mm-hmm. Um, with that was a, a deep cut I was talking about with a, with a, with a, uh, a pretty amusing panel that he that it's all that's all this character appears in but it's very amusing um, 
And I think uh, once we get the introduction of who is on board for this group out of the way, we jump into the first adventure that we see um, against uh, a super-powered foe. And what we find out is that you know, as they're going to investigate, they tease in the story what their biggest shortcoming is at this point, and then they run into something that um, is going to uh, directly emphasize the team's shortcoming at this point. Unless, um, unless that has been that will be addressed and just was not spoken because you know sometimes uh, Black Panther has a way of like, oh no, I got discovered. Right, there's and a plan just, in place. Right, right, exactly. That's what I presume. I, I presume that um, we, we're we're going to see something along those lines, some sort of plan in place, a contingency plan uh, in place uh, for this uh, character who is revealed in the cliffhanger. Hmm. So I figure that's the case. But uh, I, I I kind of got a kick out of uh, Zub writing, literally writing that into the story. I. I literally groaned when at that last page because I was like, oh no, not this. More along the nature of the character, more along the fact that because it's that particular character? Yes. I got you. Uh, Although, you know, this version is is different than the one that, you know, that that, um, you know, had the issue with, but it's still the same character. Right. This is the most up-to-date version of the character. Right. Coming out of, uh, 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 I'm trying to remember the reference that you're coming up with. I'm thinking of the characters, uh, limited series, actually most recent limited series. Well, okay. Yeah. Cause that was, was that after, wait, was that after Dr. Strange? I don't remember. That's why. That's why you, 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 you. That's why I paused to kind of see if I could remember. That's probably. That sounds probably right. I don't. I don't know. I, I didn't care so much about it in the But we do know at some point. Yeah. The the uh, the 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 uh, the starting of this version of the character started out in the recent volume of um, probably the last volume. Now that I think about it, of, of Doctor Strange, or maybe it was early, no, it was the last volume because it was like near the end. I think. And then that might have been when the, the limited series happened, and then yeah, kind of right. Just trying to remember what the chronology is. That's yeah, that's, I don't remember either. So. It's not that. It's not that. Uh, it's it's not of much consequence because ultimately, what we have is this character who we're dancing around because we don't want to spoil the ending of the first issue of this book. We do want you to go out and at least give it a look. Right. Um, uh, it, it's a, uh, it, it's it's a pretty interesting uh, final page, in my opinion, because of uh, the nature of this group of heroes. So uh, we'll see if the Black Panther has uh, a contingency plan in place for this. Because mm. um, there was a mention of uh, backup not getting there because they were having communications issues. So with the, that doesn't that could go one way or the other, right? So. But yeah, that's a it's an interesting start to this book. We'll see how how it goes from there, you know. <laughs> yeah. know. All right, let's see if there's any other books that we had in common. We definitely had a few. Mm-hmm. Um, before we jump to kind of rapid fiery, uh, let's see. 
You read a friendly neighborhood? I skimmed it. Um, if you want to talk, if you want to talk about it, go ahead. Um, sure. So, friendly neighborhood, Spider-Man number twelve. Uh, so we had been. Well, at least articles have come out, and probably solutions also. Now that I think about it, has also said that there was going to be this big thing, or alluded to this big thing happening to the life of uh, one Peter Parker Spider-Man. You know, uh, and this is the issue where that thing happening, except for the fact that, uh, as I say in my notes, uh, the setup to this was less whelming than advertised, to to quote uh, Young Justice in a way. Okay. Because, so I guess the spoiler alert kind of, um, you know, this was supposed to be the issue that Spider-Man died. Technically that, well, figuratively that happened. Didn't actually happen. But it does kick off uh, what happens during the course of the story in that, you know, he goes to find out, um, you know, who's behind it and get some leads and get some help from the police. He still has struggles with irony the or the, the meaning of irony, apparently, which has been, a, which was a whole throughput through here, through this issue. And it was kind of funny. Um, which, you know, you would think as smart as Peter is, you know, that would be a concept he he would he would grasp, but hey, you know. <laughs> and um, some would say, as I say, would seem looks like we seem like we got some good news for Aunt, my Aunt May, unless they decide to you know turn that around and twist the life knife at some point down in the future. Um, and of course, some, continu- some continual jinxing by Peter who basically was like, oh, yeah, everything's starting to look good, and then something happens to where it starts this whole ball rolling. So, congrats on that. I thought that it was still a... a, This book continues to be light, and it was kind of fun, and, you know, where this this issue goes was still pretty... pretty fun. Right. It's a development that... uh, How this issue develops, uh, which is kind of what I remember of it, I don't recall everything that happens Mm. but it's a little bit of a setup issue because you know as as roddy cat mentioned uh you know we have this premise that um spidey is uh trying to figure out who's out to kill him i'm like isn't aren't all the bad guys out to kill you right but uh there is a plot in play there's a plot uh or at least a scheme in place um and spider-man is employs a lot of different connections to try to get to uh, the cause of it. And uh, we get to a little bit of a reunion um, at the end of the issue, which is kind of funny. Uh, And uh, shout out to at Matt Wang 97, who is watching and uh, calling us out for poking fun at American Eagle. And um, I'm not sure who we're hanging out with at uh, New York Comic Con yet, but uh, yeah, I'm still putting together my list of things to see and do hmm. at the show. It's coming up quickly. Right. Interesting. We got a. Uh, um... Hmm. What's that? There was something in the chat I may or may not bring up, but right not right now. I don't know if this was a serious question or not, but <laughs> but anyway. Um... 
may or may not address that as, uh, later on in transition. Um, okay. So yeah, that was that was that for friendly neighborhood Spider Man. And well, hey, look, it, I mean, <laughs> it's American Eagle. It, at least it wasn't Stingray. He'd never oh have, no! He'd never, have, he'd never have a place here. I'm just saying. Anywho, um, let's see, let's throw out another book. Uh, I know you read Guardians. Sure. So let's hit uh, Guardians of the Galaxy number nine. Uh, all right. So what we what what happens is that um, Star Lord and and mild spoilers. I'll ring the spoiler bell because this was a pretty big uh, thing to happen, and we don't quite understand how it happened. So I'll ring the spoiler bell. So, at, pretty quickly, we find that Star Lord is somehow able to overcome the conversion therapy. And that's what it is. It's mm-hmm. conversion therapy from the Universal Church of Truth. Right. Um, what we find out, though, is that uh, you know Star Lord isn't able to to get away. But what we find out eventually is the goal of the uh, the, the Universal Church of truth and it's a really interesting swerve that's thrown that Kate throws at us. Some would say it's a couple of them. Right. It's not who we think it is. Right. Yeah. In fact, it's like, wow, I didn't think they were going to bring this particular iteration of a character back. It was a very inventive swerve. I, I, I was surprised. Right. Well, especially when earlier in the book, um, Especially if you've been keeping up with Guardians and this particularly this arc, you you know what the Universal Church of Truth tends to try to do, and the assumption was going into this that they were trying to do this exact same thing, but we come to find out that the character that we thought they were trying to bring up <laughs> is already around one, and uh, the Guardians are asking them for help, and that the church is pretty much resurrected uh, this other character. Right. So as as um as uh eighteen seven said that was a that was a pretty good twerve there. I'm like, huh. I actually chuckled on that. because specifically because of the iteration of the character that um that they uh chose to bring up. Sure. So and I would I am really looking forward to the explanation of how and why or more specifically why? How definitely? Because it's like wait, because we know the version of the character that just passed not too long ago was not this. So mm-hmm. I'm sure they're gonna they have some ginned up reason as to why this was the version that came back out as opposed to you know the version that is at this point more well known, right? So um, yeah, so so I think you you mentioned something earlier. I just wanted to touch. Uh, touch touch on mm-hmm. um, is that Kate is playing with all of the Marvel cosmic toys, especially the ones that are connected to the Guardians. Mm-hmm. So we see that 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 character, uh, one of the characters that that that's related to who we thought might have been in the cocoon, <laughs> uh, come up. Um, also, I wanted to give a shout out to the artist on this book, whose name. It was completely unfamiliar to me. I had to scroll 
to the credits page to see uh, the artist. It's uh, Corey Smith. Right. Uh, inks by Victor Olathaba. Um I follow uh, Olathaba on Instagram, and I did see him inking some of the pages from this book in the post. Uh, but I'm not—I'm not familiar with Corey Smith's work, but it seems like I should be because it's pretty well rendered. Uh, these pages are uh, done in a pretty classical uh, comic sense, you know, it, but. The coloring obviously gives it, um, and the coloring by, um, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. The coloring by, uh, David Curiel is very modern, so it gives it a lot of depth. But, uh, you know, there's a very, you know, it's got a very slick and modern look to it, mm. but it's very put together. Uh, shout out to backgrounds as, as always. Um, love to shout out artists that do backgrounds, and, um, you know, it's, it, this artist, I think, uh, bears some, uh, uh, some, you know, it requires some, uh, 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 some notice in the future, I think, because uh, I don't know if this has been the, the regular artist on this book, but, uh, I think, uh, it's time to, uh, check in on this artist, um, by name in mm-hmm. the future. Yeah. I actually haven't been keeping up with who, who's been doing the art on the, on this book, you know, I mean, it's been good and there's been no reason. I actually there has been. I shouldn't even say that. Though, like, yeah, I'm, I mean, Rocket had a Gundam. Well, so. there is that, but I mean, not for that particular reason. But I mean, for just for you know, the art in general. You know, it's probably definitely needs to be um, talked about a little bit more. You know, or at least kept up with more. As far as for me, anyway. Um. <laughs> yeah, this is Gundam. Anyway, don't get me started on that again. Um. Yeah. So yeah, if we move on from there to I guess we can start rounding it back over to round it back down to um, the rapid fires because we don't really don't have that much in common after sure. one or two books. Sure, and I've got some 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 input from uh, PCN underscore Dirt on several DC books that both he and I read in common this week. So if you would want, so if if uh, we're ready, I will spin up the uh, minigun and uh, start rapid fire. Do it. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, I will start with Spider-Man number one. This is the book from J.J. Uh, Abrams and his son, uh, Henry, I believe his name is. Sounds right. And uh, the art is by Sarah Pacelli, who is generally an artist that I love following. But my biggest problem with this book is with the coloring. And, and that's, that's, you know, it's unfortunate. You know, we, we've been stressing how much uh developments in uh comic coloring technology have really created some beautiful books over the last several years and advancements in um coloring uh, technology and technique have really advanced how uh how how art is produced and how pretty it is you know for lack of a better uh uh, way of putting it and i was kind of off put by the art in this issue um because it wasn't as attractive as i was used to seeing from pacelli um and i and i kind of faulted the coloring but with regards to the story believe it or not pcn underscore dirt like this book 
it actually reminded him of Spider-Man Renew Your Vows, the uh, the story coming out of uh, Secret Wars. Um, I wasn't as impressed. Uh, I understand the theory behind this firmly uh, out of continuity story, which is a uh, which is a. I, which surprised me why he liked it because he is normally not a fan of things out of continuity. No, but what it does is it follows up on a continuity that was dropped. Mm. You know, it's it, it's a it, it's a version of uh, renew your vows, but which is but that's not canon. That's not in. Like that's not prime six one six story. Yeah, that's what this. Is, but that's the point. It's a version of what would happen if X happened back then. Right, know? which basically means is is yeah, exactly. It's out of canon. So right. So which that's what I'm saying. Which like because it surprised me that he liked it, considering he doesn't like anything that's not. Mm, His words. I'm not. I think oh. it, what I was going to say is that uh, oh, I think if it, it, it in this sense. If it revisits a continuity that he liked, I think maybe, uh, or that he thought maybe shouldn't have been abandoned is more like it. I think uh, that's that's a reason why um, uh, he liked it. But Hmm. in terms of in in terms of my own feelings on it, um, you know, I just found fault in the execution of the book. So I, you know, I'll be checking in on this book. I don't know. I didn't pull this physically, so I don't know if I'm going to be picking this up. Uh, It's only going to be five uh, issues, so. You know, we'll see. Um, I think we actually both read Arrow number three. Yes. Um, I continue to be impressed by the inventiveness uh, that Arrow has in the use of her wind powers as we continue the adaptation of her of this original story. She's a regular airbender. (laughs) And uh, in the backup story, we learn more about Wave's origin. Mm hmm. Which oh, which actually brings up something um, real quick because they so in the backup story, her uh, her and Wave are you know trying to deal with the backstory. They go to this secret prison, um, and the person that they talk to there, who's this doctor who's been imprisoned there, is talking about the tech that gave Wave her powers. And I don't know if you noticed it or not, but did it not sound like something that could have come possibly come up in Invaders? Oh sure, definitely I, sounded like it. You know that uh, uh, there's some sort of uh, a relation or connection to Atlantis. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wonder, it's like, wait, is that something that could have been? Is it uh, purposeful? Right. right. So I don't know. We we at this point we don't know. Right. It could be some. It could be something that's uh, along the lines of, um, you know, adaptation. Especially in the you know in the face of climate change, sure. but uh, yeah, it definitely you know in the Marvel universe at least it definitely sounds like something uh, that you would see um, coming up in a story related to or connected to Atlantis. So I definitely I definitely saw that. So Superman still better than Sinning Ray. I'm sorry. Uh. <laughs> oh, are you responding to Matt Wang ninety seven? I think yes. you are. Okay. Yes. Um, so next up, uh, Batman number 79. So I echo PCN underscore dirt sentiments in that this is yet another issue of Batman and Catwoman discussing their relationship before finally making a move against Bane. It's lots of talky talky, very soap opera ish. Not that comic books aren't male soap operas, but, um, 
it's very talky. There's lots of navel gazing. It's what are we going to do? We, you know, how are we doing this? And blah, bitty, blah. You know, this is stuff that can take up one issue, but this is now two issues. You know, I thought this was over with in the last issue, but we still got this issue. So, um, you know, it's, it's hanging on by a thread in my pull list. Um, next up is Flash Forward number one. Um, this is the follow-up to Heroes in Crisis. PCN underscore Dirt didn't care much for the artwork. This is uh, The artwork is by Brett Booth, who is controversial, to say the least, amongst our panel. Um, the big interdimensional guy in the story is from Sideways, one of the metal new Heroes books. Uh, the book seems to be trying to undo Heroes in Crisis, which makes PCN underscore Dirt happy. But it's going back to the Grant Morrison multiverse, which he didn't really care too much for. Mm. Um, he was hoping Doomsday Clock was going to undo all of that by now. But, um, oh, he was... Uh, uh, you know, hoping that it was going to be undone by Doomsday Clock. I'm personally sad to see the current state of Wally West. You know, that's what the, the first half of this book uh, uh, recounts and gets us up to date on. Mm. Uh, but I am interested to see how they redeem uh, his character, who they again name as the fastest being in all the multiverse. So that might be a hint as to what role he may end up playing. Um. I actually read Superman number 15 this week. I, it, more skim than read, but I wanted to uh, make a few comments on the book because it was interesting to see Bendis throw us a, I, what I felt was kind of a strange kind of all over the place issue because of everything that it tries to accomplish in that it sets up the Legion and also wraps the story of Jor-El, uh, Superman's father, in the pages of Superman um, at the same time. You know, for those of you who are not up to date on what is happening in Bendis's Superman, Jor-El has played a major role in um, Superman's life up until this point. This is not a good issue for um, first-time readers unless you want uh, to... Well, at the end of the day, if you catch this um, as your first issue, you may be enticed into going back to previous issues and catching up on it. Uh, it's, you know, the execution is okay. Ivan Rice's art is always pretty. Hmm. Um, Tony Stark, Iron Man number 16. Uh, I actually give Dan Slott lots of credit for being inventive in this issue. He actually expands on the concept of Ultron Pym. For those of you who aren't familiar, Ultron and Hank Pym have merged into something very strange looking, but makes a lot of sense in an Iron Man book. Um, you know, he expands on the concept of Ultron Pym to devastating effect uh, in this part of the story, in this Ultron-based uh, story. And it's actually a logical step for Ultron to take. Um, the last book that I read just before the show is Justice League number 32. And um, it's about... Uh, it's another episode of the Justice slash Doom War, uh, which is heating up, and the Anti-Monitor joins the fray. He's heating up. Yeah. Uh, this is the second issue in a row that a spoiler... 
second issue in a row because they're churning out these Justice League issues in a hurry. Um, that Aquaman has made a cliffhanger style appearance. And if you were here, um, was it two weeks ago when PCN underscore dirt just spoiled the heck out of it, uh, out of it on the show? Um, so yeah, uh, I warned you, I rang the bell. So, um, that's it for Justice League number 32. Well, cool. Uh, let's see, what do I have next? Uh, Death's Head number three. Um, so the, for a book about Death's Head, they sure did spend a good bit of time talking about um, Wiccan and Hulkling's relationship, which has kind of been a, a through line through this, this this series so far. It's not taken away from it, but it still is like weird. Um, so in this issue basically uh the 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 newest iteration of death's head aka v which is the fifth iteration uh meets their creator uh and gets um gets for lack of a better word uh activated mm-hmm. even though he already was and gets sent after the human quotient of uh the team that being kate bishop uh hulkling and and wiccan while death's head tries to uh battle well excuse me um kate bishop and hulk hulkling specifically because wiccan turned around and went back to help um death's head the, the og death head and they get into something wiccan gets hurt and then they end up meeting another another version of um death's head who uh reactivates and goes after uh the og death head at the behest of the creator so yeah like i said but this this uh this book's still pretty fun, but like I said, it, it, I don't know. Part of it feels like because they're they're focusing a good bit on Wiccan and Hulkling's relationship. Like I feel like something else might be coming down the line. Okay, for this, for them because like there was not necessarily a big expedition uh, exposition dump, but there was a there was a good page or so kind of uh, talking about like what's going on with Wiccan specifically and you know and in part their relationships I'm like okay yeah sure that kind of stuff specifically with these characters you know get brought up you know their relationship stuff get brought up but I was like this this feels kind of deliberate I could be wrong but we'll see Um, Transformers number 12 so this issue takes place uh, before issue 10 uh, where uh, Sentinel Prime basically uh, came back to audio, uh, came back to Cybertron to, to, to bust some heads because having just found out what's been going on on Cybertron, well, in this issue, uh, Sentinel Prime just finds out, and while they're on some, you know, some envoy, um, and then they have to go back to Cybertron to kind of to, to to see what's going on there. But the course of this story is centered around a transformer called Nautica, who is uh, uh, the head of the Xeno relationship and well-knowledged in that fact. And also, as I have her in my notes, which might be slightly off, um, I say, imagine if uh, Uhura or Hoshi uh, had more to do and had the mindset of, say, like Data or Barkley. That's the kind of you know, bot that this person is, and they also have a um, uh, a bodyguard called uh, Road Rage, who is another lady uh, 
Autobot, which I did not know that at the time because it didn't really look like it. Uh, but that's just me not paying attention or whatever the case may be. And Nautica apparently has been around f- since the last volume of Transformers, but I didn't know because I haven't not caught up on all that mess. So it was a, it was cool. She basically was going around and investigating with her, her own particular set of skills uh, what was going on on the ship that they were on. Um, and I'm sure we'll probably come back up at some point during the... the um, the uh, volume because they pretty much do a thing that Prime was doing while on Cybertron and trying to keep some stuff under wraps, but didn't you know didn't do so well. But apparently, but you know they are so far. Uh, let's see, GI Joe number one. Uh, just to go by my notes, the Joe's a public enemy number one in a Cobra controlled. Um, I don't know if it's just the U.S., but they're centering this in the U.S., so that's why uh, I'm going with that. It was, but it sounded like they took over the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, something happens to a major Joe in the the beginning, which I can't say that I expected, but I didn't necessarily expect to happen. But the premise of this book seems like the, the Joes had to go underground, uh, but they were still kind of out there fighting for the government up until the end of the, uh, well, at the behest of the government, uh, until the end of this book. But, so they're basically driven underground, so it's almost like, uh, G.I. Joe Renegades, Renegades, which I, I, the less spoken about that show, the better. And <laughs> they are recruiting, uh, they have been recruiting, like, you know, civilians to help them in their cause, you know, basically get more bodies on the, uh, to, to, to fight Cobra. Uh, so this is, seems like basically part of the subplot of, uh, the upcoming watchdogs Legion video game is what it seems like because they do get another new recruit, but they also talk about, it's like, well, you know, he's a civilian and it's another, you get trained as well. So they just basically, you know, staying underground and recruiting civilians for the cause and, fighting a good fight up until the end of this issue where basically Hawk comes in and it's like uh, we gave up we surrendered so where this is going to go from there who knows you know it's almost something ripped from the headline anyway last book uh, Teen Titans number 34 somebody stole Jen's ring and everybody's a suspect. We do find out who the the person is at the end of this issue, but during the course of it, Robin go, is going around trying to find out who who uh, stole it. And like I said, he was just as much of a suspect, uh, apparently, as much as anybody else on the team. And they're still doing that Pleasant Hill thing, but that's kind of gets shuffled to the side um, in, in lieu of this for this issue Crush had a couple of Crush seems to be having a moment where she's seemingly more like her dad than than initially was uh, her dad of course being Lobo um, and yeah that's going to come up at some point in time but like I said we got this thing where the person that stole uh, Jen's ring has an agenda and that agenda might be getting rid of the rest of the team but we shall see how that works out and that is it for me. All right. So I guess it's week. time to click to the week. Mm-hmm. And we already have two from the folks that uh, are not here. Uh, let's see. PC underscore Dirt says Power of Spider-Man 1 was his click. 
Yep. And to probably, oh, no surprise to anybody that's been paying attention in the last few weeks. House of X. Hey, hold on, hold on. I was about to say, hold on. Um, what's the what, what's the answer? Family Feud style. What is Tim Dog 98's click of the week? Is it House of X? <laughs> Survey says. It would have been funny if you had messed up and hit the wrong button on that one. But yes, it definitely was House of X number five. And to be fair, look, it was a great issue this week. So I'm not even going to front on that pick. It's definitely a potential click of the week for me. As, as, yeah, as, yeah, as I said, it was an impressive piece of fiction <laughs> this week. There's, there's a lot to it. That's yeah. the thing. There's a lot to it. Uh, obviously, Hickman makes very good use of uh, the pages that have uh, the data pages that really give you a lot of the explanation that they just don't have, you know, ways of expressing in uh, or, or more efficient ways of expressing it in uh, in regular comic book format. So, um, you know, all the questions you might have going in, including who uh, doesn't need mutant medicine. Um, right. <laughs> I'm going to buck that trend, though, and name uh, Jane Foster Valkyrie number three or Valkyrie Jane Foster number three as my click of the week. I just had a ton of fun reading this book. It reads so well. It needs more uh, readers. I don't know what its current sales numbers are, but it uh, definitely should be read by more people. So shout out to Jason Aaron and Al Ewing for telling a great story so far. Yeah, and not to get on this, because we've talked about this a bunch, bunch of times, like sometimes it feels like sales is not the determining factor as to why books pass or fail, because let's face it, some there are books that have done better than other books that have, that bite the bullet, that are still going in cases but that's again a whole nother situation we don't really have to right there's there, yeah i was about to say there's there's very different situations for 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 lots of them like uh squirrel girl or even uh, moon girl because mm. uh, they have uh other markets that uh that they appeal to and other formats they actually appeal to so sure well yeah but i'm talking about outside of that stuff oh no i understand right. that yeah. there, there's there, there's several reasons why so right but yeah, that is definitely also a factor. Uh, for myself, hmm, I almost really want to go with friendly neighborhood, but um, uh, I'm going to actually go with uh, House of X. Whoa! Nice. Yeah. It was that good an issue this it week. Really it really was. It was. Like, there, there is no hype. There was no hype about it. If you've been keeping up with what's been going on with that, with House of X, Powers of 10, then you, know, you can see the ramifications of this. And it's like, all right, sure. <laughs> I'm with it. That works. Uh, and now, we go, before we go into the news, we're getting to the first ad read of the night. Our first ad read of the night is for Blue Apron's meal delivery service. Blue Apron. Fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with a blue apron, always shipped free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can get $30 off your first blue apron order. To place your first order with $30 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us 
that's cspn.us, then click on the Keep Our Podcasts free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through cspn.us. Do it today. Now we get into the news. It would help if I hit mute there. Before we get into the news, I wanted to address the the question that came out in chat. Um, That chat. Oh, that chat. Right. What is he talking about? Forgive me for not being so familiar with the light stream stuff yet. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, so. But anyway, this seems like a question from somebody. I feel like we... We oh, know this person, but this is someone under the assumed name of SpongeBob SquarePants. Wait, what do you mean from Bikini Bottom? Yeah. Seriously? Um, yes. Uh, they asked the question, you know, have comic books and movies become too preachy? And they also go so far as to say campy Silver Age comics have always been my favorite, their favorite, not too dark or serious. And you know what? That's good for you. That that's great. I mean, comics. So here's the thing about comics, real because we're not we're not don't we don't have time to go go too far into this. I'm sure we've done this in the past, but you know, the comics can serve a lot of markets. It's, it's not. It doesn't have to be just one thing. It doesn't have to have one tone. Uh, so I'm going to sit here and say that no, they haven't become too preachy. Like, sure, there are some with some messages to them. That's not every book or and the movies specifically. No. They're just, just just straight up answer. No, they have not become true preachy. Like sure, that, like I said, some have a message. You know, it seems probably to some more that it's quote unquote preachy or you know have a lot of messages to them than there actually is. But that is not all of comics or comic book movies for that matter. I mean, I wouldn't expand it to the movies, but I definitely think that well, they did. There are so many comics out there that there's something out there for you. you. You have to find it. Unfortunately, both comic book companies and comic book stores don't do a very good job of showing you what it is that will appeal to your taste. You're looking for something campy and well, in morning. I feel like there's will, something out there for you. Right. I feel like they will appeal to this person's taste more than anyone oh. who actually is trying to find something that's a little different than or not the normal of, quote unquote classic comics that's just my opinion i'm not saying that that's the case but they they i feel like they would go for the more some of some of them would more go for the more campy silver age more quote unquote classic cart you know cartoon that's why batman gets pushed so doggone much not saying not saying that's campy or or anything but i have fun with batman 66 books that's what i have to say well there is also that too but you know. that's what you know if that's if that's what you're looking for it's it's out there yeah. It's out there. You just have to find it. Yeah, but um, but like I said, the, it may not be it may not be where you thought it was, but it's out there. So I think that's a, you know, it's it's you know, and I understand the buttons uh, that maybe um, uh, this uh, the targets of this particular uh, comment, but I think that uh, there are comics out there for this purpose. Or, wow. Yeah, there's there's something out there for everybody. If you know, if if some of the ones that you are alluding to, you're, are not to your liking. You're, yeah, you will find House of X. House of X is not for you. 
Right. Yes. Uh, well, assuming that's in, in if what you know, assuming that's one of the ones you're talking about. I'm not sure if that's the case, but just yeah. I mean, how? I mean, it, it definitely has. There's definitely some underlying messages in the X Men, you know, from Jump. So right. I'm not sure. You know, or I'm Captain not sure. America for that matter. Right. So, so I'm, not, I'm not sure how you're going to avoid it with those books, but there's definitely other books that are have, that have um or Superman a certain tone that right. you might be looking for. So right. So. Uh, they are out there. We may not talk about them because they're not uh, the um, uh, the main canon. Well, we talk about the stuff we like, so it just so you happens know? To, you know. We also, we also, but we also tend to focus on the main uh, canon books. Well, so. yeah, because that's a lot of stuff we like. like the, we don't, we don't always stay there, but that's our what we focus on. Our good, right? Books. When it comes to the big two. You know, right. when it comes to some of the other ones, we kind of pick and choose the stuff that uh, that, that floats our respective boats. So, well, just in general, anyway. But right. So, so anyway, yes. we're back to the news. So, yes. uh, we start off with the cinematic news, as we tend to do about this time. The Suicide Squad. Wait, let me make sure that's actually the okay. Yeah. I did the news. I should know this. Um, James Gunn reveals full cast with a warning. So yeah, James Gunn took to uh, Twitter or wait, actually Instagram, and with a um, with a poster picture of the like, what seems to be the full cast of the upcoming Suicide Squad movie. There are some names here: some returning, some new. Um, as I said on Twitter, I don't hold out hope that uh, for any of the people of color lasting through the movie, with the exception of maybe possibly um, Viola Davis as Amanda Waller, but even that could be on the table. We don't know. It's not a horror movie. It's not, but uh, well, there's no one said it is, but no, but I'm just you know that that but but Roddy Cat uh, understands what I'm getting at, right? It's not a horror movie. Um, uh, Will Smith made it to the end of Suicide Squad, but uh, at the same time, I don't know if there is someone on that level of uh, fame uh, uh, playing a character. I mean, Idris Elba is playing, I'm presuming, um, uh, a different character, not Bloodshot. Uh, not, yeah, uh, not Bloodshot. Right, he's not, um, he's Deadshot. not Deadshot, right. So, uh, you know, we, we shall see what uh, come comes of this, so. but at the same time, it's Suicide Squad, and you know they have a record of somebody's got to die, right? Somebody's exactly. to die, but you know because of that last movie, like I said, you know, and who died in that last movie? That's why I said what I said. Right. Well, you know, there's only so many characters that have come out, but you know, we have some returning characters who who survived. <laughs> Maybe it's their turn to go. So we shall see. Um, Birds of Prey cast uh, has been revealed in a vibrant new in vibrant new DC comic art. So um, this is that uh, Harley Quinn Birds of Prey entitled. Uh, um, it's, yeah, this is the Birds of Prey, and yeah. uh, it's uh, uh, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn, uh, Juicy Smollies. Um, <laughs> I'm just wait what. What are you tripping it, on? It's uh, I, I guess you haven't seen Chappelle's latest. Um, no, I haven't. Uh, right, <laughs> it's 
it's uh it's it's not that that person it's jumi smollett bells black canary and mary elizabeth winstead's huntress all have their own covers and they give us our best look at them yet so right and if you're watching the video you have seen me scroll through all three of the pictures they look good that's cool jenny smollett is 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 um is um it's a black canary. That's, that's an interesting choice. So, and the art was done by Tulo Lote. So, cool, cool beans. Um, oops. Next up, yep. Rihanna responds to poison as ooh, man, that one came out wrong. Rihanna's response to poison ivy casting speculation. So, um, she was talking to Entertainment Tonight uh, about a video that sparked speculation uh, into her possibly taking on the role of Poison Ivy. And she basically said, hey, she would love to because she digs uh, Poison Ivy's aesthetic. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, exactly. Why not? You know, Have you seen Battleship? Just Twitter first act and stop. Oh, um, no. All, all joking oh. aside, though. But yeah, she's... Oh. <laughs> No, but yeah, she's she's <laughs> she says that um, she has dyed her hair because of Uma, Uma Thurman and the original, which not the original, but she, you, you get when, where she's going with that. Uh, she also said that you know what they didn't call me, but if they did, I would love to go in and try out because Poison Ivy is one of my obsessions in life. Uh, she said I did it for Halloween one year. I mean, come on, I think I remember seeing that. She was, Pretty, okay. pretty good looking. That's all I'm saying. Next up. All right. Next up, uh, Michael Keaton's Batsuit. Uh, Jack Nicholson's Joker costume are among Batman props up for auction. Uh, so hmm. uh, during this 80th anniversary, um, there's going to be a very special auction taking place in London September 30th through October 1st featuring iconic props and costumes from classic Batman films. So uh, get your wallets ready. Yeah, because that's kind of price. Anything you would want out of here given the list? I haven't looked at it, so... Um, so, as you would suspect, it's the various Batman costumes. Uh, or at least a couple in particular. Um, there's Robin costume. There's uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's uh, Catwoman costume. Two, uh, Tommy Lee Jones's Two-Face. Joke, Jack Nicholson's Joker costume, which okay. I'm like, hey, you know, can't buy that off the rack. Or right. you probably could, I don't know, in certain places. And, uh, you know, it goes on from there. So, I, personally, I was like, yeah, sure, get either Keaton's suit or th- that Joker suit. It'll be alright. But, anyway. Uh, CW's Black Lightning preps for Crisis on Infinite Earths and possibility of The Outsiders. So, yeah, we already know that Black Lightning is going to be a part of uh, the next uh, Arrowverse crossover coming soon. And uh, apparently, to go along with Young Justice, they are also doing, uh, potentially uh, going to do The Outsiders. Probably not going to end up how Young Justice did, but, you know. Next up. Okay, so it has been revealed that um, in the final season of Arrow, Olive, Oliver's 
sister, played by former series regular Willa Holland, will indeed be seen again. Hey. And will be not just a guest star, but recur during the CW series 10 episode farewell run. So, cool. Yes. Hey, you brought it in. You're taking it back out. Nice. Um, speaking of Young Justice, Young Justice Outsider coming to home video this fall. So, yeah. No surprise. It's coming to um, DVD and Blu-ray. Fairly soon, actually. So it'll be out on digital September 24th, which is actually a few days from now. Um, And DVD on November 26th. Wait. That's weird. What's that? Usually it's two weeks from... But then again, that's for usually bigger stuff, so never mind. But, um... See the Blu-ray will be will uh, arrive on November twenty-sixth. Also, the so and it says the DVD order due date is October twenty-second. Usually, like I said, for movies, there's usually a two-week between the, the the digital and the uh, physical release. But you know, things are not the same for the animated stuff. Next, alrighty, um, there is a new Watchmen trailer out, and all eyes are on a masked Regina King. So, uh, the, the Watchmen series is set to begin airing on HBO October 20th, and the trailer uh, shows us a lot of things. Um, I haven't actually watched this trailer, um, so it'll be interesting to take a look at it. Um, uh, you know, what we know right now is that um, it's a remix rather than a sequel, according to uh, Damon Lindelof, and, you know... I'm interested to see where this goes. So, sure is that. Sure. Uh, next up, Jay and Silent Bob clip gives best look at yet at uh, Melissa. So what? I didn't say anything. Oh, might have been an echo. Uh, Jay and Silent Bob clip gives best look at yet at Melissa Benoist's chronic. So I believe this was at uh, the Saturn Awards, uh, which is when I saw it. And yeah, there's a yeah, it was uh, where Jason Mewes um, came out to uh, to present this clip, and it was <laughs> it was interesting uh, to say the least. You know, if you know anything about the uh, the Jade and Silent Bob movies and, and that universe, you, you pretty much know how it's gonna go. Specifically from um, Jane Silent Bob Strikes Back. Next. Uh oh. Hello? Okay. We may be having some audio difficulties. So. Hmm. I think we might have lost uh, Agent 70. Because I cannot hear him anymore. Uh, well, uh, while we try to get him back... Because uh, he has frozen. Oops, I didn't mean to do that. Actually, 
Uh, we're going to continue with the news. So, uh, DuckTales Season 2. All the callbacks in Season 2 finale explained. Uh, I'm not going to go into it because I haven't seen it myself, but apparently there's a there's a bunch of references that happen to uh, to, to pop up during the course of the of, during the course of uh, that show, and I'm looking forward to seeing everything that was about it. Uh, bear with me a moment, folks, while I. to get knocked out that's weird so yeah we'll keep going from there um speaking of ducktales from the disney plus side of things gargoyles darkwing duck rescue rangers and more are coming to uh, to disney plus streaming service we actually got a full list of potential Sorry. Uh, we got a full list of day one content reportedly revealed uh, from Disney Plus, and it's some interesting stuff. We, so we already know the Marvel Studios stuff. Uh, a lot of the Avengers, the MCU movies. Oh, I know we may be getting. Okay, well, anyway, we'll sort that out when it happens. Um, a lot of, uh, let's see, so yeah, the Avengers movies, a lot of that stuff. Uh, Marvel animated stuff. So we got Fantastic Four, uh, World's Greatest Heroes. That's the '94 version. Mm-hmm. No mention of uh, Avengers: Earth Mightiest Heroes in this list, mind you. Again, this is a report. Um. Guardians of the Galaxy from 2015, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man from 94, Iron Man Armored Adventures, Silver Surfer, so all of that stuff, from, so basically all of that 90s stuff. Um, Spider-Man and Spider-Man and Amazing Friends, which I am very excited about for, about that. Uh, Spider-Man Unlimited, Spider-Woman from 1979, hadn't seen that in a minute, that was a good show. Uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, X-Men, and X-Men Evolution, so all of your favorites. So, um, I know a lot of X-Men uh, animated series fans are, are uh, happy for that stuff. Like I said, Spider-Man is Amazing Friends, and the, uh, I- I'm happy to see that one. But again, like I said, um, weird that um, Avengers Earth Mightiest Hero was not in this initial list. That could be because this is just a report and, you know, it's probably there i think there is this said that you could look at what's uh, on the site that what's going to be there but i'm not sure and i haven't tried uh there's also going to be the star wars films so all six of the main films uh clone wars uh rogue one and solo story 
And also, of course, Star Wars TV. So there's going to be those Force of Destiny shorts, uh, Rebels, Clone Wars, and Resistance are all going to be there, including the Rebels shorts. So cool. Then, of course, there's a bunch of Pixar stuff and Disney animated uh, classics. You know them, you love her, and love them, and of course, like stuff like Doctor Doolittle and blah 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 blah. We don't have to go into that. So yeah, um, a lot of Marvel um, stuff. The Marvel animated stuff was uh, like I said, this I am kind of interested in, and I know there are people who really want Gargoyles uh, and the Disney the, the the Disney Afternoon stuff. You know, along with we know we know for sure that the Ducktales is going to be there with the new version also. So we shall see. Um, Favreau volunteers for a new Star Wars holiday special. So, and I say to this, oh no. <laughs> um, so yeah, for, so for those of a certain vintage, you know of the Star Wars holiday special from 1979. Uh, it's, it has a special type of infamy. <laughs> attached to it. It's out there. I believe it should be still out there on YouTube, so you can go check it out for yourself. Some would say it doesn't hold up well. I don't know if uh, Favreau was serious about this. I think he probably was. Um. So, yeah, and apparently he was talking to Entertainment Tonight when he said this uh, after the R, uh, around the time of the Saturn Awards. And so, yeah, sounds like something he may seriously want to do. Uh, Spider-Man's alter ego, the Night Monkey. Oh. Should be back up and running. Yep. We hear you. All righty. Sorry about that, folks. Had some technical difficulties on our side. On my side, maybe. Um, everything just decided to go. My my window with uh, uh, our good friends at Lightstream decided to go to hell. So... Oh, wait, let me do this. There we go. So now it's updated, so I think they should be able to hear you at the very least. Oh, okay. So sorry about that, folks. I'm back. Sorry for the uh, mild interruption. That's fine. We didn't, I didn't go, I didn't get that much farther. I uh, got past, like, the, the Disney Plus stuff, and I am on the Spider-Man's Alter Ego. Okay. One, if you want to go ahead and take that one. Uh, Spider-Man's alter ego, the night monkey gets the, gets a trailer, uh, <laughs> that he doesn't quite damn well deserve. Oh, come on. Yes, uh, it's Sony. Tra- it's Sony trolling Marvel, which is in poor form. Yeah. Nevertheless, poor form. Yeah. Nevertheless, it's, I find it amusing even from the trolliness of it. You know, all I have to say is, uh, Wow. Yep. Yeah, like anybody who's uh anybody who's listened to uh uh New York radio recognizes the funk master flex bomb. Yes. So. so yeah, anyway, move we moving right along uh to uh watch ha- Tom Holland still does what excuse me, watch as Tom Holland still does his own amazing stunts on Spider Man Far From Home. So this sounds like this is going to be a feature featurette on the the um, the Blu-ray DVD. Right, the digital uh, digital version of the movie is out for purchase now. So uh, was it another week and a half? Mm-hmm. So, 
Soon, soon, soon. Yeah. Um, and there is a short film that should be that should have been included in the movie that has been, um, that was a segment cut from the movie, uh, and uh, should have been uh, released with the movie. Um, it's called Peter's To Do List, and I guess it's going to be um, part of the uh, the digital package as well. Mm-hmm. Which. Yeah, and they go into what that short film was about, but we won't. So, um, speaking of Spider-Man, the Spider-Man character Marvel and Sony both can use, and that would be one Jessica Drew, aka Spider Woman. Interesting. Yeah. Will they ever do it? Who knows? But yeah, the it's an article just outlining, um, you know. The blah blah blahs and the yakadishmakadi about the 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 total the Sony and Marvel's use of this character. Interesting. Yep. Next up, before we go to the this next one, actually, uh, well, no, actually, let's go to this next one. Then I bring up. I'll circle back around to something I wanted to ask. All you. right. So the Russo brothers actually came out and said that they think the MCU Sony split on Spider Man is a tragic mistake for Sony. Agreed. Shout out to the Russo brothers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you know we've we've lamented this long and hard since, since this is happening. Some people still are that I know of. So, um, yeah, it's it's a thing. Uh, before we go to the next one, though, really quick, um, did you saw the article about uh, what's the stuff that's coming to Disney Plus to possibly come into to Disney Plus day one? Uh, is it the article that re- that? Uh describes what a user in like a beta user in like a European country saw where it's being Um, tested right now. Quite possibly. I'm not sure. Uh, I did see a lot of it. Hmm. Yeah. Like, like I said earlier, it's it's a, it's a, it's a report. So it's not necessarily that it's, it's a definite list. Um, Right, I think that's what it is. Like, there's a there's a, a a beta test out in 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 a European country, and one of the users described what was available um, day one. You know, but for the Mandalorian, obviously, because that's still you know being reserved for the uh, the release date. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. The only other thing I would say about that is like now this not necessarily saying one way or the other, but being as as a beta test in Europe, they may be possibly getting different stuff i doubt it i mean sometimes they will do that kind of stuff for certain services but i'm not you know either way we don't know until day one what's what's the actual factuals but if this is in the indication that's a pretty good list right uh don't and then, like i said earlier extensive that's what it is it's an extensive yeah. list yeah i didn't see i said this earlier and i'm gonna say it again i didn't see avengers earth mightiest heroes on that list and i'm slightly bummed about that about that because uh, they had mostly pretty much everything else, right? Well, except for the the, the sixty six stuff. But you know, again, so we don't know. They had amazing friends. They did. I was like, and I did say, uh, yes, like I'm quite happy about that. Um, and they also had uh, X Men. So, yep. Know. And yeah, all the ninety stuff. They had well, they all, all the ninety stuff. Well, yeah, that's right. I was about to say, yeah, yeah, definitely. I did say that they had all that, with especially the Iron Man. They don't have Force Works though. They didn't have Forceworks either. I, which, I wasn't looking for that. I did see Fantastic Four. I did see Silver Surfer. But I think that might also become along with uh, Avengers. Oh, no, because that was along with uh, like the Fantastic Four and that Silver Surfer one. So that's a kind of a weird one. 
But Interesting. It, yeah. Because that, right. that was around the same. But yeah, I just wanted to get your opinion on that because I know sure. and, um, like some of the other Disney stuff and Pixar stuff and you know all the Star Wars stuff that they're going to have on there. It's definitely going to be a good bit. Anywho, um, the Saturn Awards were this past uh, or last week as of this recording, last Friday. Uh, 45th annual Saturn Awards, which is basically, uh, I believe, the awards for sci-fi and uh, for TV and movies. Uh, Marvel's Kevin Feige and John Favreau, speaking of Favreau, uh, honored at the 45th Saturn Awards. Um, amongst with other things, so they're not the only ones. I think um, there's a list of. Yeah, well, matter of fact, I'm going to wrap up these next couple to, all together. Okay. Um, so Feige won the first annual Stan Lee um, World Builder Award, Award, which, yeah, go figure. Okay. <laughs> uh, John Favreau won for um, Iron Man. What do you want? I know you won for something else. Uh, Jeff Loeb also won the Dan Curtis Legacy Award, uh, which that was when I found out Jeff Loeb actually wrote for Commando. I did not know that. Wow. Yeah. The movie Commando with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Jeff Loeb helped write that. I didn't uh, Interesting. Shout out to Ray Don Chong. You know, he exactly. Uh, you know, in, Avengers Endgame won. Um, I think Tom Holland might have won for something. Yeah, best performance by a younger actor for uh, Tom Holland. Best supporting actors for Zendaya. Um and so on and so on on that front also there was an Iron Man stinger that had a version where Nick Fury references Spider-Man and the X-Men uh, this also was this deleted scene was also shown at the Saturn Awards um, I think it was Feige that uh, presented the clip Yep, and it says that the clip will be included on a box set that includes the entire, the entire Infinity Saga coming later this year so and I think um yeah, that's, cool. that's what that means. All of that together, like seriously, a box set. Pretty much, yeah, and yeah, and that was always that one. That was the one that for the tenth anniversary or whatever uh, was already an extensive box. So interesting. Uh, but to round out uh, the Saturn Awards talk, uh, twenty nineteen Saturn Awards winners, uh, Avengers Endgame, like I just said, d- dominates with six total awards. Um. And of course, uh, along with that, so they got like best comic emotions for picture and a, a few others. I'm not going to read out this whole list. Uh, Reddit Player One for some strange reason won something. Uh, Mission Impossible Fallout one. Uh, Spider Man Into the Spider Verse one. I believe it okay. might have been a couple of times. Robert Downey Jr. won for Endgame. Uh, yeah, Infinity War won for best supporting actor, actor with uh, Josh Brolin. And I told you about the Zendaya and Tom Holling one, and a bunch of other um, uh, awards. So that was an interesting one to watch because the the budget was not quite there, but they they tried. They they really tried. The budget for the award show. Okay, I haven't. So you actually sat and watched it? Mm-hmm. A lot, oh, okay. good bit of it. Yeah, they were they, was were, they were streaming it. It was being streamed. Oh, streamed. Okay, cool. Right. I, I don't know if it was on an actual channel also. It might have been, but and they were also streaming it, but I'm not sure. Interesting. Yeah. And I'm sure that stream is probably still out there somewhere. Yeah, so it's, it's so I'll see if I can catch up on that. All right, cool. Yeah. So next up. 
All righty. So, um, in a very strange, yeah, exactly. In a very strange set of circumstances, I get this uh, uh, story. I actually read this when I saw it in our notes. Uh, you know, shout out to a little bit of uh, preparation before the show. Right. Um, I actually read this story, and um, apparently, uh, a film studio in Indonesia, um, uh, Bumilangit, is openly out to create a Bumilangit cinematic universe drawing on an apparent library of more than a thousand comic book characters heretofore unknown to us um, to create an interconnected superhero world. The first installment in the intended series Gundala or Gundala lays out the company's intentions. So it's a crowd-pleasing action film full of martial arts battles and some special effects. And it's packed with bizarre storylines that run right up to the edge of comedy. So um, I saw the trailer. And uh, there's lots of martial arts stuff in it. The special effects are definitely more along the lines of Black Lightning level. Because, Hmm. you know, budgets, people. People have to stick to budgets. And we're not talking, you know, we're not talking... um, uh, uh, the the battle of Avengers compound level of special effects here, people. So you know, it's uh, it, it, it's it's definitely a, a a cool thing to see someone try to take up the mantle of uh, building a, a, a superhero universe with some continuity involved. So mm. good, good on them. It's ambitious for them. for certain. Good on them, and 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 uh, you know the the it, it, you know it, Asia is a fertile ground for uh, comic book fans. It's you know there's there's obviously been a long tradition of comic book fans um, in in Asia. So um, you know, good on them for creating their own uh, set of superhero characters and and hopefully getting them into movies. Yep. Uh, next up, Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson confirmed their return in Ghostbusters 2020, which I somehow thought that already happened. But it's confirmed, confirmed now. So, yeah, they're going to be in it. Okay. Alrighty, next up, uh, Mortal Kombat! <laughs> the movie is being officially rebooted, and that has begun filming. So, guess what? If you thought that you uh, missed it, uh, someone thought the same thing and is going to scratch that particular itch. Hmm. Or claw it. We don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> pretty much. In awesome news, not necessarily comic book related, but I'm rolling with it anyway. Uh, the Boondocks is coming back on uh, HBO's new streaming service. It's comic related. There were a comic strip first. I mean, sure. Yes. You're right. But I'm just saying it's not a, you know, it doesn't. Well, actually, it still does because they did put out. Regardless, I, I put it in here regardless. Yeah, I was about to say, you didn't need the, you didn't need the caveats. Nope. Because I put it in here anyway. Um, so yeah, there looks like um, that HBO Max service is getting not only a new. Well, it looks like uh, I thought I saw something that said two seasons. Yeah, Aaron Magruder will return for two new seasons, and they're also getting all the the first four seasons on the service to go with these two. 
So, cool. If you haven't checked out the oh, well, this Boondocks is not for everybody. Never mind. What mm-hmm. I'm about to say. All right, so that's our that's the only spillover story, right? That is it. All right, so we're going to transition over to comic book news. Um, I'm going to uh, use a new transition sound that I know Roddy Cat uh, had, and I finally implemented into my soundboard. Oh joy! Perfect. And poor Roddy Cat was like, <laughs> oh, you know, he was he was all like quaking in his boots. Like, what did he put? <laughs> hey, into I wasn't sure where you were going with that, so. That's perfect. I can cut your mic. You just know that. <laughs> just know that. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, comic book news. Uh, a Green Lantern returns with the powers of DC's most sinister villain. So I did not know this happened because I don't read Justice League Odyssey. And I don't think that many people do. So apparently they killed off Jessica Cruz, which who was the Green Lantern that was with them. But she has, spoiler alert, uh, been reborn with the powers of Darkseid. Okay. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. I'm. I that's one of those books. I was like, you know what? I'm. I I read the first issue, well, first couple of issues. And I'm like, all right, I may pick this back up at some point, and I never did. And I may, and it's not. It's only been what thirteen issues. So, because I, I think that issue came out last week. So, yeah, that's the thing that happened. Whether it sticks or not, and why they killed her in the first place, we don't know. But, eh. Just saying. DC loves right. women. Next up. So, Frank Miller's returning to The Dark Knight Returns for The Golden Child. I, 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 I want the night. And when I saw this, I did the exact same thing on Twitter. So, I'm, we're, we're there. <laughs> Frank Miller will return to his Dark Knight Returns continuity for The Golden Child, a 48-page one-shot written by Miller with art from Raphael Grandpa. And uh, uh, no offense, but uh, that's how I read that. And um, colorist Jordi Belair um, for DC's Black Label. Um, According to Entertainment Weekly, the story is set three years after The Dark Knight 3, The Master Race, and is going to focus on the Jonathan Kent son of Superman and Wonder Woman in that alternate storyline. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I don't know what else to say about that. Deathstroke ends with December's uh, number 50, so this would be the time to let people know that, hey, guess what? December... 2019 solicitations are out and some of the news is coming from that dc was pretty much out in front well dc pretty much put theirs out and um i think marvel and everybody else did theirs within the last day of this recording uh as of this recording i should say so mm-hmm. so yeah deathstrokes ending uh hopefully priest will uh christopher priest will uh end up getting another book so. my understanding is that he had one already scheduled but uh, i'd have to look at the solicitations again yeah, I'm not sure. I, yeah, I, and I didn't look at the solicitation, so but that's probably true. And I know there were people once speculating. Well, basically, were like, "Hey, what do what would you want them to write?" Types, you know, mm-hmm. questions. So who knows? Next up, Supergirl welcomes a new creative team uh, this December. So writer Jody Hauser and artist Rachel Stott are taking over DC Supergirl ongoing with December's issue number 37. Nice. All-female creative team. Um, Well, outside of cover. 
Uh, Wonder Woman 83 shifted to December as prep begins for a 750th issue. So okay. apparently this came about because uh, as people tend to do, we're scouring the uh, December solicits. Didn't see Wonder Woman on there and may or may not have freaked out. But apparently, you know, DC moved the book around. So, uh, and they, it says they don't have planned on what they, what they, DC hasn't announced what they have planned for uh, January's Wonder Woman uh, issue 84, which is also the 750th issue. So that's probably a reason. I would hate to believe that. Oh wait, she's seven hundred and fifty book uh, issues in. Well, we got to do something for it at the last minute. So, okay, but it basically shifts because there's also a new writer coming in. So that's probably more the the deal than anything else. Because you, as we know, uh, Jewel Wilson has, has left the book or is leaving the book. So and Steve Orlando was taking it over. So there you go. Next up. All right, so spoiler alert, uh, DC's Year of the Villain offers major Batman foe a wild hunt of his own. So, um, yeah, so, you know, thanks to um, Lex Luthor uh, being transformed into this apex predator form in the Justice League book, um, you know, he's given uh, uh, power upgrades out and... um, Rachel Ghoul's been made an offer, and most notably Black Mask. Mm-hmm. So they have powers, and they're going to wage war on the Dark Knight. Yes, but this particular article is talking more about Mr. Freeze. Ah! Um, and apparently he was given something at the end of the, uh, the last issue of Detective Comics last week, I believe. Um... And it says here, the conclusions of Detective Comics 10 to 11 sheds more light as we see Freeze with his own legion, although we don't know where they originated or what weapons they both. So, Mr. Freeze got his own crew together, and they, they apparently um, did some stuff with the backstory. They reconned this thing again. Well, actually, they had already restored it, so now they're just adding to it or something. Next up. Uh, Apex Lex recruits Lexes across the multiverse in Lex Luthor, you're the villain number one. Uh, we could have foregone this. None of, if anybody had read it, none of us read it. Oh, it was this week, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, wait, was this? I thought it was last week. The Lex book? Wait. The, you're the villain number one? It was this week. That was this week. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Confusing another one. I just I skimmed it very quickly, but it was there was a lot to it, so I didn't have a chance to uh, really read it. Sure. So apparently, there's going to be a council of Alexis. I mean, that's what it sounds like, you know, know. or something to rather like that. Because what the world needs now is more Lex Luthor's. Next, okay. Uh, DC is hosting a Villain of the Year Fan Award, and uh, okay. Um, this fall, DC is inviting fans to vote on their favorite villain, with the winner to be revealed in a comic book coming this December. So, um, right, and that said, book is going to be uh, quote unquote hosted by Harley Quinn, which mm-hmm. in, in which they announce the the winners of whatever categories they they got going on. Okay, that is within the realm of uh, the the villain, the year of the villain stuff. So, interesting. 
Um, don't you start. Oh. Did it anyway, doggone it. Uh, get six free Batman games, including Arkham Collection, from the Epic Store. So, um, if you are a person that plays video games on the PC, there's a good, and you have been doing so for a good minute, it's a chance, is all, you probably have some of this stuff already. But if you don't, you can get the Lego Batman Trilogy, uh, one, and also the, um, excuse me, the, the Batman Arkham Knight games for free. For free. Maybe you didn't hear me the first time. Free. Uh, from now until this, uh, September 26th, which at the, the time of this writing is another couple of weeks, uh, or oh, which is, excuse me, next week, actually, a week from today. Uh, so, yeah. If you even if you don't have a PC uh, that's capable of running these, go sign up for the Epic Store and go get them. Anyway, until you do get one, these are six free <laughs> games, and half of and most of them are good. So I'm gonna say all of them are good, but you know, I mean, I haven't played Arkham City yet, so who knows? And the Lego ones, it is what it is on that ones, but mm-hmm. they're out there, folks. Go get them. Next. Uh, next up, Moon Knight, of all people, is right. going to be teaming up with Conan the Barbarian in a book called Conan Serpent Wars. So it's written by Jim Zub with art by Scott Eaton and Steven Sokovia. The new four-part event series finds Conan united with uh, fellow Robert E. Howard creations Dark Agnes, Solomon Kane, as well as Mark Spector of Moon Knight, who is not a Robert E. Howard creation. No, he is not. Um, they had to put somebody in there that that to to, to bridge the universes or something. Actually, they didn't really, but yeah, I don't know. That was a weird one. Um, I don't, and I'm kind of. This is my speculation here because I'm wondering if this some of this is coming off of that that Moon Knight annual. Because didn't he also do a time time journey there? You didn't read it, neither did I. Um, anyway, it doesn't matter. So that's the thing that's coming. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Next. Gotcha. Uh, it's you. Oh. Um, bah, bah, bah. James Abrams' Marvel debut drastically changes the Mar- Spider-Man mythos. So this is about talking about that Spider-Man uh, number one that J.J. Abrams' son did. Um, we talked about it earlier. We didn't really get into all of what it changed and all like a good mess. But um, yeah, there you go. That's the thing that happened. Next. Yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see how we'll see how it changes anything. I mean, I'm so, probably won't, but right. Uh, next up, Tony Stark Iron Man is ending in December. So I have been reading this book, and apparently, um, uh, issue number eighteen, originally set to hit shelves on November twentieth, is going to be postponed until December and serve as the series conclusion. It actually may serve to be a natural conclusion for the series, given the events of the most recent issue and this Ultron-related story. So um, there's also the convenient fact, very convenient, that a famous (laughs) Iron Man story is entitled Iron Man 2020. And, of course, that is next year. So it seems that... um, an Iron Man 2020 book is soon to be upon us. Mm. Perhaps. I was taking it as um, 
Tony and Iron Man has served its usefulness in the MCU, so they don't need a book from him anymore. No, I, I, I figured it's the 2020 <laughs> thing. And I think most people did. Yeah, uh, you figured they're going to do something to mark the twenty, the coming of 2020 in the Iron Man book. Honestly, I didn't even think I didn't see that. So mm, I did not pick up on that. Contagion number two calls for Marvel's street level heroes. Um, are Luke Cage and Iron Fist the men who can stop Marvel's newest menace? Who knows? So, Contagion is an upcoming miniseries written by Ed Brisson and a bunch of artists. I think we talked about it previously. Um, showing some preview art here in this story from the issue two, uh, which is going to come out on October 9th. Um, yeah, don't don't know that much about what this uh, this miniseries outside of uh, what's already been said by us. And mm-hmm. as far as we know, has nothing to do with um, Typhoid Mary, or maybe it does. Who knows? Next. All right, next up, Nova, Beta Ray Bill, Silver, Surfer, and more are going to spin out of the latest incarnation of the Annihilation story entitled Annihilation Scourge. It's an event that's going to be out this December. Yes, almost 20 years too late. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm assuming this has some... <laughs> I'm assuming this is probably, and this is again assumption. Uh, this is probably going to roll into um, that uh, incoming thing, or maybe not. I don't know. Maybe no, just, maybe not. Yeah, maybe, maybe just it might some be. Loose, it might be sense. independent. At least from what I saw of the incoming, the teaser that I saw about incoming. Right. It may not be related to this. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they had some stuff. They had some stuff to clean up in Annihilation. Who knows? I don't know. Like I said, that was just speculation on my part, mm-hmm. but uh, and, uh, and there's no telling. Although I, I feel, I don't know. All right, you may be right. You know, yeah. there's no way of knowing at this point. Right. Next up, um, Dragon Con 2019 brought out Marvel's best and brightest cosplayers. So yeah, there's a uh, an article on Marvel.com about the number of uh, cosplayers that uh, showed up in Force. And did the group preacher at uh, DragonCon, as they tend to do every year. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. Next. Uh, Disney's new bedtime hotline for kids lets Yoda creep you the hell out before sleeping. Okay. So, um, so there's a bedtime hotline, and uh, it's a way for parents to let kids get a special goodnight message from a classic Disney icon, Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Daisy, or Goofy. But for the next two weeks, um, you're going to get some different characters. So, yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, oh, come on, you know you want to you want to check it out and see what the, what they're saying. <laughs> so we we grew up at a time where numbers like that were kind of. Not necessarily prevalent, but there was a, a, a few. There was more of a market for them. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's amusing that they did this. Uh, next up, Gary Larson's The Far Side. Again, not to be confused with the rap group. Returning for a new online era. Uh, so, yeah. It says uh, Gary Larson's The Far Side is coming back, though not exactly how is clear at the time. Uh, the Farsider website was updated with the following text, Uncommon, Unreal, and Soon-to-Be Unfrozen. Um, 
yeah a new era of the far side is coming so yeah there you go additional information was not provided fans of the far side rejoice gotcha exactly all one of you Next. Hey, it's you know it's been out of our consciousness for a long time, so yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see it come back. But you know, it's not something that uh, I don't believe people were clamoring for. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. You know, we'll see how, how what, what kind of reception it gets. Yep, yep. All right. Uh, next up, uh, Archie Horror's literal revamp um, of um, Veronica Lodge, uh, Vampironica returns for another bite of her own comic adventures. So, uh, it's a mini series. Um, uh, trying to read up on this, but, but, but what's going on, whatever. Good luck with that. Yeah. Basically it's a sequel to the first one, I believe, which I apparently must've done some numbers. Um, See the Secret Life of Pets, the Fast and the Fury, Furry. Excuse me. Uh, gets a preview from Titan Comics. Uh, I think is it out this week. I'm not sure, but hey, if you care about a Secret Life of Pets comic, guess what? There is one coming. Or if it it is not already here, but if you are curious, hey, there's a preview page. There's some preview pages out there for you. If you're watching the video, I fastly scroll through a bunch of it. Okay. Next, uh, I guess it's last but not least, Transformers Primitive Optimus Prime, a San Diego Comic Con 2017 exclusive, is actually back. Yes, For order. Was this on the Hasbro Pulse or, uh, or no? Pulse? Well, I'm not sure. This is coming from Transformers Source. Okay, so sounds like they're doing the pre-ordering. All right, I guess they got some in stock. I guess so. This uh, so. Fans may or may not remember that when Rydicat was lusting after this particular figure a couple of years ago, couldn't get it because um, they were sold out. Um, because uh, we had um, uh, one Matt Wang try to brave the lines to uh, to get that, and they were gone. Yeah, that's unfortunately uh, the sucktastic part of these exclusive, these convention exclusives. Yep, but apparently, and the the price, uh, believe me, because I had checked, you know, had gone up for one or two that were still floating around, and AKA the ones that were being sold for exorbitant prices on eBay and other places. Sure. Uh, but apparently, yeah, they, they must have gotten a new shipment, or, you know, these are those. I don't know. I, I, I doubt that, but nevertheless and i feel like this is the this price was bigger than it was more than the original one i felt like the, the original one was like 70 80 bucks and i might be wrong about that this is still this is a bit this, this is a bit pricey mm-hmm. don't think i haven't been thinking about it but it's one of those things right it's just one of those things when you see it come back and it's not priced completely uh you know, in the um, exorbitant, uh, you know, gouger scalper level. Mm. So, 
Yeah, like I think I want to say this is probably a good twenty thirty dollars off the original price or more than the original price. But uh, like I, said, I, I can't remember. And at this point, those prices are probably not even out there anymore. So yeah, this is the thing. If you are so interested, go for it. Go to uh, TF Source and look through their thing, and you'll find it. It is the Transformers Primitive Optimus Prime SDCC 2017 exclusive. If somebody wants to buy it for me, nope, I'm not going to do that. Not doing that. Anyway, uh, that is it, folks. Unless we do talk about some variant stuff, which there is some variant stuff out there, but we don't. That's fine. They'll be in the show notes if you care to uh, check them out. One more ad to read, please, sir. Sure, and there is no box to open this week. Um, Our last ad read of the night is for Wink, the personalized wine club. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From Rosé to Cabernet to Toronto, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your tastes and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member, and you can skip or cancel anytime. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash wink. That's cspn.us forward slash w-i-n-c wink wines through cspn.us do it today and as we come to the end of another exciting episode of the comic book chronicles whoops that's weird your picture is all ghosty um i don't know why i'm sitting here trying to fix it when we're um we're at the tail end we're at the tail end, and I'm actually making matters worse. So I'm going to leave that and uh-oh, and say that thank you each and every one of you uh, for for coming out. We appreciate Shout out you. Shout out to Wang ninety seven. Absolutely, indeed. Here we still have that one, even though it's a ghost form of you. Your full shot. Anyway, um, while I try to fix that, um, I am going to say that I have been. There we go. I have been Roddicat. You can find me on Roddicat on Twitter. You can find me at NewsersNeed on Twitter. CB Caps on Instagram. Okay, late reaction there. Uh, Agent Seventy on Twitter and Instagram. PC underscore Dirt on Twitter. Pop Culture Net on Twitter. PopCultureNetwork.com and there's been Burla Sites therein. And Tim D O G G nine eight the Osiris of this ish. Check him out on Twitter at that. Check him out at new. Um, oh, I keep wanting to do that. I don't know why. Uh, C B Cron on Twitter. Jeez, uh, the Click Nation on Twitter. That's the K L I Q N A T I O N. I'm getting tired, folks. Theclicknation.com and also comic book resources. Where he's over to writing his face off. This here program. You can find on Coles of the Podcast Network, CSPN.us. Do it today. 
called Good Good Googly Boogie. You can find it. Oh on. no! That almost was a Goonie Google. Oh no! <laughs> Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts. You can find this also on Spotify and the Cold Slither Podcast Network SoundCloud page. And we will be back next week, folks. No Same. Bigfoot mobiles. Okay. <laughs> Indeed. Yes, 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 yes. I'm like, wait, what? And then I, I caught it. So, yes. Next week. Same bat channel, same bat channel. Same great program or whatever this is. I don't know, folks. Um, yeah, fewer, fewer technical glitches. We would hope. And thankful, thank you to my router for actually holding out because I don't know what's going on with that thing lately. I don't. I don't know if that was the cause of this. I don't think so. Because no, it was more light stream. Yeah, or something. So, get your stuff together. Anyway, this has been the Comic Book Chronicles. Peace. Peace. One.